Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. This is episode 110, yet the net season has been over for two weeks. Not really sure where I was going with that. Uh, Nick, what do you think about the, the net season? I mean, you and I took a hiatus. We did not record last week. We recorded right after the playoff loss, uh, game four, where they got swept by the Boston Celtics. I mean, just af- after... Two weeks of sort of dealing with this sting. What are we feeling right now? Uh, I'm rooting for the Milwaukee Bucks to beat the Boston Celtics. And I actually would love to see the Golden State Warriors win a championship and have a little uh, comeback season for Klay Thompson. That's where I'm at right now. Sure. Yeah, that's the rest of the NBA. And we're going to get to that later in the episode. But, Nick, I want to know what you're feeling right now. Like, the fans, the audience, they want to know what Nick Shanman is going through from a physical and a mental standpoint after being one of the most diehard Nets fans all season long to have the season end in turmoil. You know, we we, we gave our, our audience our immediate reactions. They want to know what you're feeling two weeks later. Don't tell me about any other basketball team other than the Brooklyn Nets right now. I'm over it. To be honest, I feel like I moved on. Uh, if you if you hold on to anger and misery, you'll only make yourself more unhappy. So at this point, uh, I feel pretty good. Um, honestly, they didn't deserve it. And it's like when I lose one-on-one to you, you know, I'm upset in the moment, but you probably needed it more than I did, you know? So I'm happy to make you happy. So maybe there were some guys on the Celtics who, you know, maybe like their parents passed away or something this season and they needed a moral victory. So good for the Seas. Go Bucks. All right. Before we get into some offseason uh, commotion with the Brooklyn Nets, I actually played one-on-one earlier today. Uh, that's why I was late for the podcast. And um, I played a really good kid. Like, kid was one, had handles. He was one of those kids that you could call a carry every single time he had the ball, but he was so smooth with it, you would just look like a hardo calling a carry. So kid had a very nice hesitation dribble. The first game – uh, I took him to 12-10. So it's win by two, ones and twos to 11. I was up 10 to six or 10 to seven. He came back. He beat me. Uh, really good player. I wanted to play him one more time. And the second game, I realized my legs were shot and he beat me 11 to nothing. Yeah, that's a recurring theme for you. Whenever you want to go another game, you run out of steam or you get a migraine. So I would suggest to you, stick to one game. Don't come back for seconds. When it comes to pizza, when it comes to pizza, seconds, thirds, even fourths for you, big guy. But let's stay away from multiple basketball games. I didn't ask you to critique my stamina. I was just telling a fucking story. Well, I'm here for color commentary. That's what I do. All right, Charles Barkley, give it a rest. All right, the offseason begins. uh, And based on what I'm seeing on Nets Twitter, looks like the Nets are holding their end-of-the-season press conference with general manager Sean Marks and head coach Steve Nash on Wednesday, May 11th. So in two days, Nash and Marks are going to do a presser. What do you think they're going to talk about, Nick? Any chance Steve Nash just resigns as head coach? No, I don't think Steve Nash is going to be like, I stink, I'll see you later. Uh, Overall, do I think Nash should leave? Yes, I'm ready for a little reset button from the coaching staff standpoint. Um, I think they're going to talk about the future only. You know, They might brush off some questions about the past season, They'll do their best to handle questions about Ben Simmons, 
who did you see that video that's going viral of the guy begging for an apology from like Stephen A. Smith and all these people? I know we'll get to that. Anyway, they'll talk a little about Simmons. They'll talk about the past, but I think mostly they'll talk about the future as optimistically as they can. Optimistically. Yeah, that's a word. Yeah, um, that's and, a word. and that's about it. I, I, you know, Steve Nash does a good job of deflecting. He does a good job of keeping things positive, even though the season's kind of a big fat, stinky, poopy negative, but that's what I think. You know what my issue is, and here's why I think Nash will be the head coach next year. I don't think the Nets are going to make a coaching change. First of all, Kevin Durant, right after the game, gave Nash the nod of approval. So when your best player on your team, who basically more or less runs the franchise with Sean Marks and Joe Sy, says, hey, Steve's our guy, it's just going to be a weird look if they go ahead and fire him. And I think at this point... Nash and Durant have a familiarity. Yes, it's been two disappointing seasons, but they're used to each other. The other thing about the head coach for the Brooklyn Nets is, I mean, how much did Steve Nash affect how poor we played this season, right? Steve Nash did A lot. But, Nick, think about Think about all the things that went wrong for the Nets. Kyrie Irving can't play to start the season. So you're playing with a big two, and you're playing with – an overweight, not motivated James Harden, who was out of shape. So none of that, none of that is on Nash. Kyrie Harden not playing like like all-star James Harden, that's not on Nash. Then comes the Kevin Durant injury. Then comes the losing streak. Then Kyrie's announced he can be a part-time player. Then comes the James Harden for Ben Simmons trade. My point being, as weak of a coach as Nash was at times this year, and he was weak, you can't tell me he's responsible for more than 20% of the Nets' woes. It's not – Oh, yeah, because yeah. if, I, if I recall correctly, the Memphis Grizzlies, a team of, like, young, up-and-coming nobodies, were missing John ja Morant for a third of the season. But Taylor Jenkins made some adjustments and figured finished second in the West from a team that was barely a contender over the past few years. So, yeah, I'm not going to blame Steve Nash – for injuries or Harden's inability to ever focus and have any sort of dedication to basketball, I'll blame Steve Nash for adjustments. I'll blame Steve Nash for defense. I'll blame Steve Nash for crunch time, minute left situations. All the games we lost, lost on inbounds plays. All the games we lost with 30 seconds left. Yeah, there are, there are intangibles out of your control, like injuries, like superstars being superstars. But there are ways to work through that, especially with the talent we have. So I'm not going to put all the blame on Nash. I, I'm going to put a lot of the blame on Nash. And can we also stop just saying like whatever Kevin Durant gets, he wants. Like, I understand that that's how the Nets organization works, but we make it sound like if Kevin Durant was like, Hey, I'm bringing Kendrick Perkins back from retirement out of ESPN and we're dropping Nick Claxton. Like we're doing it. Thanks that everybody would just agree with it. It's like such a shitty way to think. And I love Kevin Durant. And I understand he has a say in this organization as LeBron James does of any organization he's a part of, but we make it sound like Kevin Durant never takes into consideration like actually smart moves. He just does really weird shit, and we all have to be excited about it. So I disagree. A lot of the blame on Nash. And I disagree that Kevin Durant, we should just worship Kevin Durant's decisions of like, yeah, but he wants Nash. So Nash has to be a good coach. That's such a stupid logic. Kevin Durant's a fantastic player. What makes him have any credentials as to who the coach of the Nets should be? He clearly has made a wrong choice the past two seasons and throughout his career he hasn't really influenced like was oh did he say steve kerr should be the coach of the warriors absolutely not so why are we listening to kevin durant's coaching expertise okay yeah sure i i, I guess all that checks out it makes sense in your warped brain my point being 
a lot of people can say, based on the circumstances, this year was not Nash's fault. When we played, first of all, the Nets were the 10th seed two weeks before the playoffs. We rallied. We got the, the 7th seed. When we played Boston, they were the better team. That was it. I don't I don't think that Nash could have coached his way out of that series. It's not like we lost four to two, four to three. We lost four to zero. We no, won I'm not zero basketball. Like, so, but but you understand what I'm saying. So like I, I just I, I don't think he loses his job. I think he stays. I know a lot of Nets fans want to see him gone, but um I think he stays. I, let, let's move on. I want to talk a little bit about Kyrie Irving. He recently interviewed um on Kevin Durant's show, The Boardroom. Uh, or I'm sorry, it's the ETC's podcast. It's brought to you by the boardroom, our boardroom TV. Um, but he talked a little bit about, you know, this season, said he was never really fully in the mix. He, he just could never find a re- – he never felt like himself throughout the season. And I'm paraphrasing here. Um, but he wanted to – you know, he said – they asked him, like, what, what do you see yourself doing in Brooklyn, this and that? He basically said he wants he wants to dominate, you know, the, the league for the next four seasons. Like that, that's that's what he said his goal was to dominate with the Nets, him and KD. Uh, I just thought that those were some really interesting comments by him. Uh, even though you know he got to he scored sixty points this year, he had a fifty point game. He still he still just didn't uh, he didn't feel like himself. So I mean, what do you think of those two Kyrie Irving quotes to start? Yeah, I like it. I like the positivity. I like. Let me the, let me real fast. Let me read to you the actual quote. I'd like to put together four straight years of team dominance, winning sixty plus games, going deep in the playoffs, and having fun building relationships that extend beyond the court. That is what he said uh, in his interview with, uh, with the ETCs. It's a nice sentiment. I like. I like the sound of that. I would want that to happen as well. I mean, listen, saying things and doing things are obviously two different things. Uh, it's, it's in, in theory, it's easy at the end of a tough season to say, Hey, we're going to turn it around and everything's going to be, you know, blue skies from here. Do I think that's going to happen? Do I think there's going to be no drama with, with the type of players we have? Absolutely not. But if him and Durant are serious moving forward and they're really trying to build a foundation and they really have plans of staying in Brooklyn long-term, I'm excited about it. I'm happy about it. Ben Simmons comes back healthy. Joe Harris comes back healthy. We keep Claxton. We keep some of these young guys. Uh, I feel good about our team, but I'm not just going to go off something Kyrie says, to be honest, because he said a lot of batshit crazy things in the past. And sometimes it's a little hard uh, to completely trust what comes out of Kyrie Irving's mouth. But yeah, uh, it's a good sentiment. And I hope it happens. I think that with a grain of salt, I think that Nets fans are like doctors or nurses because we have a lot of patience. And I mean that I'm going to head out. I'm going to head out. Uh, It's been don't uh, head out. Please stay. Please stay. Um, <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good one. Um, we've been waiting for them to do something for three straight years now. Since Kyrie and Katie joined, they had that, uh, you know, that season where we knew they weren't going to do anything. They lost to the Raptors in the bubble. And then last season, lose to Milwaukee in an epic game series. And then this season, get swept by the Celtics. And we keep saying, in KD and Kyrie, we trust. And Nick, your sentiment is one that, I think Nets fans should have, right? We should be optimistic. We're still getting these two guys back in their prime. I mean, I think they're they're on their way. I, I don't want to say that Kevin Durant's on his way out of his prime or Kyrie Irving. These guys are still around the age of 30. I think Durant's 34. Kyrie Irving's, what, like 30, 31? Can you look that up for me? Um, but after two years of this thing and just, you know, we didn't Durant even make an Eastern Conference. 
I like Durant's you said around 30 and then said 34. Like, that's not around 30. Durant's 33 and Kyrie is 30. Okay. All right. So they're still in their yeah. early 30s. Durant's around like 24. Kyrie's around like 27. They're still in their prime. But as as Nets fans, we're starting to run out of patience a little bit. And I, I give you credit for that sentiment that, you know, you're optimistic. You're sort of agreeing with what he said. Um, because I, I don't know, it's hard for me, man. I, I, obviously, we're going to give them another season. That, you know, we're, we're going to give them everything that they need. No one spends more money in the offseason uh, or for their basketball team than Joe Sy does. So I'm excited for that. Um, but I don't know. It's it's hard for me to hear what Kyrie says and take that as as gospel. It, it just is. All right, we're going to move on. Uh, two surgeries for the Brooklyn Nets. Seth Curry had knee surgery today. Uh, he's an interesting player. I really hope the Nets re-sign him. I think he just adds a totally different scoring element. And we saw in Boston a a few times, he got a little hot. Like he was probably what our third or second best scorer in that Boston series outside of KD. I mean, he's also just statistically speaking, one of the most efficient shooters in the league. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to bring back Joe Harris, please bring back Seth Curry. I think those two can just provide a ridiculous uh, depth at, at shooting. and, And you add guys like, you know, I don't know if you bring back Patty Mills, but you know, there's well, a lot of players that you can you can add. I, I don't want to see a small lineup again. Uh, I, I know the Nets have to get bigger uh, guys that they need to look at in the offseason. You know, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I, I like think Jake, Seth. Curry, yeah. I, I like Seth Curry a lot. I think he's an unbelievable shooter. He, his his stroke is so smooth. Uh, he was playing on that bum ankle, and you could tell defensively he could not keep up with anybody. So especially when we went small, especially when he was putting in heavy minutes, he was right. losing steam quickly, and the Celtics were blowing by him. Give some credit to the Celtics; their offense is pretty incredible, but. I love Curry as a shooter. I I hope next season is going to be a lot more promising for him on both sides of the of the ball. Because yes, we needed him for scoring, but he created a huge liability on defense. So you know, listen, we're going to about to get into the Ben Simmons surgery, but props to Seth Curry for going for holding out on that surgery and giving everything he got against uh, in the playoffs against the Celtics. Nothing but respect and love for Seth Curry. He also just seems like a good dude. With that said, he should come back better, stronger, uh, and just even be a bigger uh, asset to the team come the next season once he recovers from ankle surgery. And why wouldn't you want a Curry brother on your team? I mean, obviously everyone wants Steph. He's not going anywhere, but like this is the greatest shooting brother pairing of all time. Seth and Steph. I don't think it gets better than them. I don't know. I might say Reggie Miller and his sister who scored like 100 points. They're they're pretty good. I still think the Currys take it. Um, what I was going to say is yes, bring back Seth Curry, but don't bring back all the small guys. You have to go out and get some, some tall wing guys. I see what Jay Crowder is doing in that Phoenix, um, Mav series. I see what PJ Tucker is doing in the Miami Philly series. I want one of these guys. I'm going to pound my fist against the table. I know Robert Covington resigned in LA, but I want these three and D lanky guys, tough guys. That's what the Nets need this year. Um, or, give me some OG Ananobi. Oh, give guy. me him times a thousand. Sadiq Bay would be awesome on this team. I'm still yeah. pissed we we traded him for Shaman. All right, Ben Simmons got back surgery. Uh, sort of surprising. Didn't know he needed surgery, but I mean, it was I a mean, fake. You, it's a fake surgery. No, I'm just kidding. Are you worried about this going into next season? Like, do we really have to spend a whole offseason worrying if this guy is ready to play in the season opener again? No, but I mean, look at these two guys. You have Seth Curry and Ben Simmons. One played through to the end of the season's one didn't. Now, I don't know the severity of Ben Simmons' injury, but it looked like he was getting up there and dunking in practice. I still am a little skeptical that, yes, you hear the word surgery. It sounds like there's some sort of, uh, uh, of gravity to it. It sounds more intense than it might be. I don't want to make assumptions, 
What I will say is Seth Curry just had surgery and he pushed through in the playoffs. Ben Simmons looked like he was kind of veering towards playing and he kept backing out. Now he gets surgery and he has this huge excuse to lean on of, oh, see, I told you I needed surgery all along. That's why I never played, yada, yada, yada. To me, there's a narrative in my head of, okay, he got surgery. It's still a little fishy. There still seems like a point in time where he could have helped the team out when we really needed him, especially defensively. And then Seth Curry's surgery didn't help Ben Simmons' case. Okay, two guys. Both hurt. One pushed through it. One didn't. Listen, I wish Ben Simmons a speedy recovery. I hope he's all right. I want him back for next season. I want him back as quickly as possible and in the best condition as possible. Does this, to me, forgive all of his antics? Absolutely not. But yes, it adds some legitimacy to his case. You see people pleading for Stephen A. Smith, Shaq, to apologize for all the shit they talked about Ben Simmons. Oh, see, he got surgery. This was legit the whole time. You guys are assholes for talking shit. I don't take that side. Yes, it pushes me more towards some sort of uh, of empathy at the same time. I don't know. It still doesn't check out to me. I'm still not super happy with Ben Simmons as a person and as a teammate uh, in this organization, but obviously I want him back for what he provides on the basketball court. Um, That's three players we just talked about that are rehabbing from surgery, which is insane. There's like three potential starters for the Nets, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, and Seth Curry. Um, all right, let's, let's go around Nets Twitter. Uh, we are going to start with an article in Variety Magazine. I don't understand what this show is. So here's the the tagline is, Ronnie Chiang to star as Nets general manager in yet unnamed comedy. Wanted your, your thoughts on this. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, um, there is an actor named Ronnie yeah, Chiang. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I could see Ronnie Chiang, yeah. All right, and he's, he's going to star in a, a Nets comedy. A Nets comedy? I'm sorry, an unnamed comedy. (laughs) It's a Nets podcast. You you can't blame me. So this has nothing to do with the Nets? No, it does. It's a Nets comedy. It's a Nets comedy. I'm sorry. I keep saying Nets comedy. It's just a comedy. It's an unnamed comedy, but the guy is playing the Nets GM. Okay. Okay, that sounds weird. Great. I'm probably not going to watch it. All right. The next thing on Twitter is that a lot of Nets fans want to see a new head coach. If you had to hire a new head coach, who would it be? I could pick anybody or I have to pick an actual someone who's currently not coaching. Pick anybody. No, no. You have to pick someone who's realistic. And please talk about it for 30 seconds because I'm about to log back into StreamYard. Thank you. If I wanted to pick a a realistic coach for the Nets – I'm going Richard Jefferson. I think Richard Jefferson sees the game differently. I think it's just about time he switched over from commentating to coaching. He's a basketball genius. He is one of the best guys I know. He's a hype man. He's a veteran. He's a team first guy. So if I could pick a guy, I don't know how realistic it actually is. I'm going Richard Jefferson. Bring him out of the commentating booth and bring him onto the Nets bench. Wow. That is an awesome answer. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, but now there's two of you in this live stream. One's frozen. Oh, God, two Spencers. That's a lot of Spencers. Um, All right, I think that does it for news on Nets Twitter. We're going to take a a quick gander, and if anybody who's watching has anything for us to talk about, please. We're going to talk about the rest of the playoffs if if, if nothing comes up. Please Uh, give us us things to talk about. Seriously, I, I, I thought I had a lot more stuff on Nets Twitter um monty williams won coach of the year so shout out to him 
Congrats. Some people thought it should have been Taylor Jenkins, but look, it they played a lot of the Jenkins. year without uh, Chris Paul, right? Yeah, but come on. John Moran's more right. Taylor Jenkins turned Desmond Bain into a borderline all-star. Taylor Jenkins makes Brandon Clark look like Tyson Chandler. I mean, I got to give credit where credit's due. I want the Warriors to win because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Warriors guy if I had to pick right now outside of the Nets who's in the playoffs. But, dude, what Taylor Jenkins did with this Grizzlies team was unbelievable. Yeah, he was incredible. I, I would have gave it to Taylor, but I think Monty was well-deserved, deserving of it too. Two more quick notes on Twitter. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets will work out 6'8 wing Julian Champagny. This week, he averaged 19.2 points, 6.6 rebounds, and is currently mocked as a deep second rounder or undrafted. I think he went to St. John's, and uh, I'm watching his highlights right now. He's pretty darn good. So Julian Champagny might be a Brooklyn net. They need wing players. He's a 6'8 wing. Um, and then the other bit of news. I have a feeling you're mispronouncing it, but we'll just do it phonetically, so that's fine. Another bit of news. Did you see who Kevin Durant went to Europe to watch play basketball? Mike James. Mike James. And it's funny because then uh, our, just our a guy – It's a homie move. It's a homie move. Our guy Brandon, who runs a lot of the spaces on Twitter, he was on the show a few months ago. Shout out, Brandon. I uh, don't have his Twitter in front of me right now. I think it's like BL City something. He tweeted at Mike James about a potential NBA return. Mike James said, man, I'm just trying to focus on the Euro, Euro League right now, but like you never know what happens. Would you welcome a Mike James return to Brooklyn? Yeah, if you shot better than 37% from the field, absolutely. He's gritty. He's scrappy. He's confident. He, he, he does not hesitate to shoot the ball. As long as he shoots it at a higher percentage, happy to welcome Mike James back with open arms. He's a, he, he's a likable guy for sure. Almost right, a, a Brandon Jennings type to me. Oh, wow. That's high praise, actually, now that I think about it. I don't know, dude. Brandon James shot sub 40% as a volume shooter. Mike James. I'm, I'm saying Brandon Jennings. You said Brandon James. I'm sorry. Brandon Jennings shot <laughs> sub 40% on a non-playoff contending Bucks team, and he's like so loved in the city they threw him on the Bucks championship parade. By the way, you, if whoever is making this Nets show or the show, the unnamed comedy, if they came up to you and asked you to play Sean Marks, could you do it? Uh, I haven't perfected my accent enough to do that yet. Right. There's some study just, maybe. Just I think I could play Joe Harris. Rest of the NBA news. Let's talk about these series really quickly. We'll spend no, like I can two. Play Steve Nash. You can play Steve Kerr. Okay. I don't know. You just like you have the hair. You're a, you're a shooter, Steve Kerr. Rest of the NBA news. You're you're not Steve Nash when it comes to basketball. By the way, you're like the farthest thing from that. Uh, let's get to the Suns Mavs series. Uh, tied two two. Luca's won every game at home. So so of the Suns. Anything here? Uh, I think the Suns will close out. Mavs stole two at home. Uh, Donch is playing out of his mind. They're still missing Tim Hardaway Jr., which I think is a huge factor for them. The Mavs are a weird team. They're like a, a, a fully – they're a big team, but they don't have really any pure big man. You'd say Dwight Powell's kind of their big man, but they kind of just have a tall team of scorers. Maxi Kleba, Dinwiddie, who I love to see crushing it as that number two. Jalen Brunson's playing out of his mind in the playoffs. I just think the Suns are a more complete team. I think they'll close out the series, but I like the fight the Mavs are putting up, and I got to give some credit to my boy Jay Kidd. Give me the Suns in seven. I think Luka gets one more. I think the Suns get two. All right, we move on to the Warriors-Grizzlies. Easily the most exciting series outside of that third game, which was a blowout. Um, the most physical series. Guys are getting hurt left and right. Draymond's on one. Jaws now out for game four. Uh, they play again tonight. What do you think of, of that series so far? 
I mean, the Warriors are 10-point favorites tonight. I don't see a scenario in which they lose to the uh, Grizzlies without Ja. So Warriors are going to go up 3-2. If Ja comes back fully healthy, I could see them stealing uh, game six. But I would say the Warriors as well in six or seven. Yeah, I agree with with that. Uh, did you think that Jordan Poole's play was dirty or not? Uh, the knee thing? Yeah. No. I mean, not as dirty as Dylan Brooks. That's what I'll say. All right, we move on to Heat 76ers. That series is now tied 2-2. I don't want to talk about this series too much because it brings me so much fucking pain and agony that James Harden, I can't even say the guy's name without getting sick, absolutely put on for the 76ers in game four, basically put the team on his back in the fourth quarter, hit every single step back three, had a 30-plus point playoff game for the first time in God knows how long. Uh, I really want Miami to close the series out in seven. I don't know if they can. I'm actually going to say the Sixers are going to win the series. I agree. I think the Heat have just been fully exposed. I think Embiid is just way too much for Bam and that, that Heat team down low. And I don't know. I like Jimmy Buckets sometimes, but I think he's also a bit of a cancer to a team. They're also just weird with their rotations. Duncan Robinson had 27 in that first playoff game, and now he just gets DNPs. What, what is their... that? Why is our boy Duncan it's not playing? It's because Struis is shooting just as well, and Struis provides actually some defense. Duncan's a pretty big foul and defensive liability. Yeah, but who's got more swag? Struis or Duncan? With, with Oladipo not playing at first because there were rumors he wasn't getting along with Butler. Oh, he, now Oladipo he's, looks good. He's good, good, by the way. But he the Heat are just a little messy to me. They're deep, but they're messy. So I'm going to say the Sixers come back and win that series. I don't want that to happen either, but I think it's what's most realistic. And then finally, we have the game that you're about to go to a bar and watch. So I'm sorry if you're listening on Tuesday or Wednesday. This game already happened. Uh, Bucks Celtics. The Bucks are up 2-1. I'm not even going to ask you to, to predict this game. Just tell me who you think wins the series. Bucks. In what, seven? I want to say six. The way that the refs are calling this series, it actually – it would favor Boston in any other series. Giannis is too much for Grant Williams. But Giannis is too much, man. I, I was talking to my guy from Boston. Um, he's not from Boston. My cousin from Boston. He, he's from outside of Boston. He, he's from Woburn. And uh, he was telling me he's going the refs. You know, if, if the refs call it differently in game three, the, the Celtics take it over the Bucks. And I said, dude. Did the refs have some questionable calls down the stretch in that game? Sure. And would they have put you guys in a better position to win? Absolutely. But when Giannis is taking a basketball team one on five and he's actually scoring on those possessions, your, your team is fucked. When, when you're starting center and you're starting power forward and you're backup power forward and, you're, and you're, your star player in Tatum is just getting bodied by Giannis play after play after play after play, you have Drew Holiday doing his thing. Bobby Portis is always a nightmare to play against in the playoffs. I know Grayson Allen hasn't had a great series so far, but he can get going. Pat Connaughton's a good player. I just And Brooke Lopez, shout out to the former, former Brooklyn Net. We don't talk about him uh, enough on this podcast. Brooke Lopez, hell of a starting center. Um, the 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 uh, highest scoring net of all time. I think that the Bucks take this series in, in six or seven. I know C's fans aren't worried. They think that I hear I, after right after that game, every Celtics fan I know said Boston in six. But uh, I, I think the Bucks take it tonight. You know what? No, fuck that. I'm not saying that. I don't know who wins tonight. It already happened. I do think the Bucks win this series. I'm not man enough to make a prediction before the game. If I had to pick, I'd pick the Bucks. Okay. All right. Finally. Uh, we finish off the show with a quick 
segments ideas. So Nick, you and I are going to think of some cool segment ideas moving forward. Maybe we can implement them in the future. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Here's mine. And we each have to give one. So while I'm giving mine, you have to think of yours. Okay. Okay. All right. It's called Bruce Brown or Bruce Bowen. Everyone knows Bruce Brown. He's on the nets. He's a utility guy. He does it all. He can hit threes now. But there was a player back in the day. He played for the San Antonio Spurs, won a few championships with them. Bruce Bowen, defender, three-point specialist. I'm going to read you a fact, and you have to tell me if it's Bruce Brown or Bruce Bowen. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, let's get it started. All right, this player went to Edison High School, and uh, he started the Get Fit with Bruce and the Buddy Program for Children's Healthy Nutrition and Daily Sports Activities. Bruce Brown or Bruce Bowen? Bruce Bowen. That is correct. All right. One more, one more, one more. Um, I, just feel, I just feel like Bruce is too, Brown is too early in his career to start a foundation. Okay, let's see. One more. Uh, Wikipedia is the best. All right, here we go. Um, he worked for ESPN as an analyst after he retired. <laughs> Bruce Wayne. All right, there we go. Anyway, that's my that's my show. Um, what do you think? Uh, that's pretty oh, good. You know what? I actually have a really good one. And and I have uh, Wikipedia is open on both guys. So it's not, you know, he was adopted. Bruce Brown. Bruce Bowen. Shit. I got you there. I Shit. got you there. All right, there you go. All right, what's your right. Uh, segment? My segment is called Wingman. And okay. I'm going to name two players in the NBA who are both, you know, wings, small forward, shooting guard type positions. And you tell me which one is actually a better wingman on the court and which one would be a better wingman on a date. Wait, so, but they're in the NBA. Yeah. All right, let's hear it. All right, would you rather your wingman on the court? All right, sorry, I'm going I'm to name two players. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Covington. Okay. And, Weird uh, that you called him Bobby. That's what he goes by. Okay. You never hear them say Bobby Covington? Bobby Covington or uh, Tory Craig? Which okay, one would you rather so... be a wingman on the court and which one would you rather be a wingman at the bar? Okay, that's a great question. Really good one. Well, Thank Robert you. Covington is a better player than Tory Craig, so I would probably rather him be on my basketball team. And then Tory Craig, I don't know, as long as he doesn't scare away all, all the people, I think he'd be a pretty good wingman. Great answer for Wingman. You crushed it. All right. I got a really good one. You ready? No, I thought we were doing one each. What's Joe Harris one? or Duncan Robinson? I mean, oh, that's really tough. because It I is. Think Joe it is Harris because Joe Harris is, is going to steal your girl. Yeah. I, don't, I know Duncan, and he's a nice guy. I don't think he's – I think he's just a little more shy, a little more introverted. Whereas, you know, Joe walks into the bar and, like, takes his shirt off and girls just start fucking kissing his nips. So I'm going to say Christ, bro, you can't say that for the, for the sole reason that uh, right now Joe's hurt and Duncan did have a great last game, even though he's getting some DNPs. I'm going to take Duncan on the court and I'm going to take Joe at the party. I would just like to point out that there is nobody in the entire universe that just takes off their shirt and people just start kissing their nips. You'd be surprised, man. I've been to some pretty cool, pretty cool bars. All right, with that, we're going to end the podcast. Uh, episode 110, Nick. I can't believe we've been on for this long. I'm going to stop saying that. I'll wait till we get to like 200 to say that. Um, 
Thank you to everyone for listening. We're done with our hiatuses. We're, we're back. We're better than ever. This was another episode of Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Send them off, Nicholas. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs>